Warning. The Kingdom Cast podcast contains spoilers about comic books, movies, and entertainment in general, as well as anything else that crosses their minds. Please do not take any medical advice seriously, nor legal advice that they may or may not give out. For that matter, it's probably for the best that you take nothing that they say seriously. Kingdom Cast podcast, now with 99% less Albert. Just kidding. Albert's actually in this podcast, but Albert has stomped his toe or something along those lines, and that has prevented us from recording and reviewing the comic books this week. I am going to say this. You've got to read Venom first and then King in Black. We're already getting a bunch of messages, and we'll cover it all in the next episode that we'll post on Monday or Tuesday. So Venom first, then King in Black. Do it like that, and we'll get to the messages and everything on the next episode. So with us unable to review the comics for this week, we're going to go ahead and share with you our King Kong Godzilla, Godzilla King Kong, whichever your preference is, review that we did earlier in the week in order, you know, to keep you addicted, to keep you coming back and all. We thought we'd just go ahead and shove that out there. Please sit back and enjoy. What did we all get a chance to see Monkey versus Lizard? <laughs> I did. I did. It's pretty stupid. It's about what I expected. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I liked it. We got an email here from Bob. Bob was talking about Godzilla versus Kong. There's not really much I can say about Godzilla versus Kong other than I thought it was great. It delivers on the monster action, which is what we all want. No, Bob, we, we don't all want that. Yeah, that's like, why would you want the human aspect of a movie called Godzilla vs. King Kong? Even they made say. the movie, knew it. They did all this dumb human stuff, but as soon as, as soon as they started fighting, it's like, I'll just screw it. We just won't pay attention to these people anymore. Then Bob goes on to say, like most Godzilla movies, I try and ignore 95% of the human story. You and Bob seem to be on the same page, Albert. I establish who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, and that's mostly it. I'm there for the giant, unimaginable creature beating the crap out of each other. As far-fetched as the plot was, it fit into Godzilla's sense. Not so much Kong, but to me it was epic. You can use this on the podcast if you want. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Bob. <laughs> the human aspect of it was stupid, but that's fine. Like I said, they ignored it when it needed to be ignored. I wish they would have used more of the Toho Godzilla monsters, but that may not have been part of the deal to get this movie made. I can understand that they're, on that end, their, their hands may have been tied. So the movie implies that King Kong's ancestors invented doors. <laughs> and an axe. And not to mention the key system with the axe. Wasn't the axe made out of one of Godzilla's spines? Yeah, but it's implied that King Kong's ancestors invented doors. Yeah. Well, they also carved out steps. And gothic arches. <laughs> yes, it's very odd. I don't see my... See, I kept thinking maybe they would... Because, you know, in the second Godzilla movie, they went they went all crazy with it. And they're just like, you know what? Ghidorah's from out of space in the Japanese movie. He's from out of space here. I thought they would bring up the alien aspect of it more. But they seem to not do that or didn't do it in this movie. Y'all keep saying that the human stuff was the stupid part of the movie. I, <laughs> I personally found... 
the whole hollow earth business, the stupidest part of the movie. I was like, what? What? <laughs> also, apparently Godzilla can atomic breath to the center of the earth. Yeah. He yeah. bore a hole straight to the center of the earth. But that's nothing compared to their ability to change sizes on cue. <laughs> Well, I noticed they both somehow fit on top of that giant aircraft carrier. There is no aircraft carrier. <laughs> that ship must have been massive. Yeah. Well, look at that first Godzilla movie. Look how big he is in that thing. And in this movie, it's like, who cares? We'll just make them whatever size it need to be for the scene and, and just go from there. That's what they did. And they should have at least been aware that this was what's going on. Because when Kong is on the freighter chained up and he reaches his finger out to that little girl, that gave you a good basis for the dimensions of King Kong, given that roughly Kong's fingertip is the size of, say, oh, my double doors leading out to the deck here, meaning that he can't possibly fit on that freighter, let alone both of them on the battleship. And then when they get to, it was Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Then when they get to Hong Kong, the sizes are all over the place because those building in, the buildings in Hong Kong that they were knocking over, they were 70, 80 stories. Traditionally, Godzilla is only 30 stories high, but I'm willing to say they're playing with that. But Kong went from, say, 30 stories high and gained an extra 40 stories there during the Hong Kong fight. See, I don't really care. I just thought it was fun. It's fun, fun to watch. You know, it you is fun to watch. King but Kong that was some... with a... The only thing I thought was stupid, they were shocked when they figured out that he knew sign language. <laughs> See, my problem with that was that King Kong was under surveillance 24 hours a day mm -hmm. in a dome. They wouldn't have known him doing anything like that. They shouldn't have been a shock at all that he knew sign language if the girl taught him, because no matter what, someone's watching him the whole time. I don't know. This was an awful smart Kong. Between the... Well, door. his ancestors invented doors. Yeah, Sandra. between that, the, the version of Stormbreaker. Yeah, I was like, what? Where did that come from? I don't know. This is a lot smarter Kong than I've ever seen. Well, I'm fine with that because Kong in this movie is the protagonist. Yeah, I guess so. There was a lot more time with him. In the movie, even more so than the, any of the human characters, this movie, Kong is the good guy. He's the main good guy. Yeah. You were definitely meant to feel more sympathy toward Kong, and it is Kong that comes in at the last minute with the saving grace against that barfed-up Michael Bay Transformer lizard. <laughs> That was Mega yeah, Godzilla. I, I wish his design wasn't. No, I mean, it was a better design than some of the mess that was Transformers. Re designs. Ready Player One had a better Mecha Godzilla. I wish it was not so boxy looking. Yeah, that you was know, something maybe had give it a little bit more of a flow or design. To, like, I'm fine with the way it fought and moved and it could shoot blast here and there. I like that. It was just this, the physical design of it. I wish wasn't so boxy and square, I guess. Well, you saw Ready Player One. Yeah. That Mecha. I don't know why we couldn't have had that Mecha Godzilla. Thing. I don't remember Mecha Godzilla. I mean, sure, I'm sure he was, yeah. but I just don't remember it. Yeah, they had Mega Godzilla. They had a Gundam. They had Optimus Prime. They had the Enterprise. Yeah, the Gundam was the best thing in the movie. It's pretty to look at. It's like the second Godzilla movie. Once is enough for me. I don't have to go back. My favorite out of all of them is the first one with Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Olsen. I really, really like that first Godzilla. I thought we were going to... Uh, the first Godzilla doesn't even feel... First of this series of Godzilla, it doesn't even feel like it belongs to the second no. and third movies. No. 
feels like a completely different thing going back looking at it. I was kind of hoping something a little different. I don't need the character interaction. I don't need the humans necessarily, but I need something there. Something to bounce the idea of these two monsters off of. There's a couple of points there on the CGI where Godzilla actually looked like he was a man in suit. There's no way that they did that, right? No, there's no man in suit. There was what one are you scene, talking about? There was one like scene that. where Kong like tossed him into a building and you could see his underbelly. I swear to God, it looked like it, his underbelly was folding like latex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I mean, like I said, it's a pretty thing to look for. Just certain things knocked me out of it. Like the fact that there was nobody in Hong Kong at the time this went down. <laughs> Well, thank God. Except when they needed people to be on the streets of Hong Kong running away from it. And also, my favorite thing was when Millie Bobby Brown and her mom or whoever it is managed to get to the top of one of the buildings that had had the top half of it knocked off of it. There's just no explanation. They're just yelling at Kong from the top of this decimated building that there's no way in hell they could have possibly gotten <laughs> there. And uh, I mean, they did it with a clip scene. One moment, they're here on the street. The next moment, they're 30 stories in the air. Do you mean the, the girl with the, the, that taught them sign language? Yeah, yeah. And her mom. And I think okay. Millie Bobby Brown was there, too. I don't remember all that stupid human crap in this movie. <laughs> what I remember I was like that they had that dude chilling inside Ghidorah's skull for, for some reason. Well, I thought yeah. that was some kind of connection yeah, but why would it be the skull? Why wouldn't it just be like they hook him up to the brain or something? Why would, like, it's a skull. It ain't got no connection to a skull. Well, apparently a connection developed. <laughs> you know, the size thing, all these these things, I just, it's Kong versus Godzilla. I'm not expecting any of it to really make sense. It's just two big monsters duking it out. And I thought they did a pretty good, the effects were fine to me. I didn't see the lizard suit, the latex suit part. I mean, it was... It was kind of like, hold up, Stan, have you seen Shin Godzilla? No. Watch Shin Godzilla. What is that? It is the last Japanese Godzilla movie they made, but it's like a reboot. It just starts from scratch, but it's... Wait a minute, did it have Godzuki in it? No, 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 no. This is a whole nother thing. This movie is is practically C-SPAN. Okay. I'm telling you, watch Shin Godzilla. Because I watched the one that you had on at Kingdom that day that had Godzuki in it. No, we used to watch Final Wars a good bit. Yeah. Throw Godzuki in there. I'm there. I don't need an explanation. I don't care about size differentials. <laughs> it's Godzuki. He's from the cartoon. The Shin Godzilla is a whole different thing. Okay. I'll take a look at it. The listener needs to also be aware. I'm not a big Godzilla fan. I'm not a big monster fight fan. I like the first Godzilla movie in this line of reboots. The second one was a bit much. This was way over the top for me, and things do knock me out of it, like size differentials changing. I I can't not see things like that for whatever reason, because I'm an idiot and can't just... But it was pretty. Hong Kong was pretty. The fight was... I watched it in the same way I watched Michael Bay Transformers. It's nice to look at, so long as you don't get mad that they're not getting the characters right. I mean, it ain't ain't that dumb. I don't know. Evil Frazier was a pretty good twist. (laughs) Sandra, this or Peter Jackson's King Kong? Don't you dare say Peter Jackson's King Kong. It was an hour before they even got the Skull Island. I think it was another 30 minutes before we saw King Kong. Then he went ice skating at the end of it before they shot him. (laughs) 
you for reminding me of what what actually went on in Peter Jackson from King Kong. I just, you know, like Stan, I'm just not a big Kong or Godzilla fan. I think this worked for what it was supposed to be. I mean, when I watched the trailer, I thought, okay, so these are going to be two big monsters duking it out. And, you know, actually, after I watched this, I, I don't know why I keep harping on this. I keep thinking, I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is how Jason Aaron is writing the Phoenix story. It's just exactly. It's like, don't don't look for anything to make sense. It doesn't have to be connected to anything. It's just the two big monsters duking it out. I wish I would stop insulting this movie by comparing it to other stuff. No, this is the exact same vein. It's not the exact. It's not the way he's writing. It's the exact same vein. It's just I'm going to take the broadest stereotypes of these characters, and here we go. Namor is going to fight Cap, and Black Panther is going to fight Cap, and Wolverine's going to fight Namor, and Namor is going to beat up a deaf girl, and so on and so forth. Well, hi there. Stan here. I'm censoring this part of the podcast because, once again, Albert says something wildly inappropriate. So let's just go ahead and assume that you have been greatly offended and that you have already sent in a scathing email letting us know the exact level and depth of your offense. And we're going to offer the following apology which we hope you accept, and then we can all go on with our lives. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. I'm now going to just go ahead and apologize on behalf of Kingdom <laughs> yes. Cast Podcast. I've been holding that. I, I held that back for so long. You just kept bringing up Namor beating on a deaf woman. I like Echo. I liked Echo when she first showed up. I don't think it's fair to toss Echo up against Superman of the sea. And I don't think it's fair to him, his character, to make him look like somebody who takes pride that he beat a woman. I know they're all equals because they're all Avengers and blah, 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 blah. But bullets bounce off Namor. Bullets do not bounce off Echo. It was a horribly mismatched thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, Namor versus She-Hulk. That's a good match. Yeah, that's fine. And this not- character... You know, the only reason this character is in this thing is because she's going to get... Phoenix Bumper. No, she's going to be in the MCU now. Yeah, She-Hulk versus Namor, that would have been fair. That would have been fine because bullets bounce off She-Hulk, too. They're more in the same weightlifting class, you know? Well, instead, we had to see this stuff, and I'm like, well, why is this fight going on page after page when all it would take is one punch and she should be out of it? I mean, this is just not the same weight class. She would have beat him if if she would have had blonde hair. Lord have mercy. No, that's not the case. Anyway, I just, I didn't even mean to bring all that back up. I just meant to say that uh, Kong versus Godzilla, I think it worked for what it was, what it was sold as. And that was just two big monsters slugging it out. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you want, that's what you get. And I don't know. That's right. Not necessarily my cup of tea or if we weren't doing the podcast, would I have watched it? Yeah. Yeah, I've got HBO Max. I'm going to watch it. I watch pretty much whatever they put on that I'm vaguely interested in. I even watch crap I'm not interested in to try to find an interest. Have you seen Super Jail? <laughs> oh, God, that that's from Cartoon Network, isn't it? No, that's from Adult Swim. That's different. Yeah. Yes. Wait a minute. Super Jail is not the Adult Swim thing? Yeah. Yes, I've seen Super Gel. Looks like Roscoe came up with it, one of our friends. Like his artwork, is that right? I mean, it looks like goofy 1970s stuff. Yeah, I've seen it, but I saw it when it was coming on Adult Swim. Have you seen a Super Gel, Sandra? No. 
No, she hasn't even watch, seen You Rick should watch Morty. one episode of it. Just any episode, really. Just watch it. Now, don't Hold off on that. Watch Rick and Morty first. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you watch something like that that Albert's recommending, you're never going to watch Rick and Morty. But yeah, if you like giant monsters, and you know whether or not you do. So this was right up there. I don't begrudge him anything. I would have sat and watched it anyway. Better than Avengers Endgame. Oh, hell no. Not even close. Not even in the same class. Better than Star Wars Episode 7, 8, and 9. Oh, come off of it, pal. <laughs> Better you're, than you're Star just Trek trying Picard. to reaction. Better than what? Star Trek Picard. Oh, God, easily. Harry Potter wishes that it was this riveting. It's also better than the last season of Discovery, too. <laughs> better than all of the Voyagers. <laughs> Godzilla versus King Kong, 100% less transphobia compared to Harry Potter. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> God. <laughs> This may be the most woke movie you'll see on the <laughs> One man recognizes his dream to self-identify as a giant mechanical lizard. <laughs> For about 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> hey, I am going to toss something at y'all that I'm not sure what the Apple situation is. But my wife and I started watching a series, and when the series first came on a couple of years ago, I saw the preview for it. it the preview was pitched, the Soviets beat America to the moon. And so immediately in my mind, that was like, well, go screw yourself. And then I just put it out of mind completely because I wasn't going to sit through that. But the series is called For All Mankind. Not only is it really, really a great, probably one of the best things out there streaming right now? It kind of makes you wish this was the reality, at least so far in the series, because by the Soviets beating the United States to the moon, the competition heats up. America is the first to put a lunar base on the moon. We start sending explorers and such to Mars a lot earlier, and the space program on both sides is just funded out the yin-yang, and by this competition, there's just so much progress being made. It's one of these series that's an alternate reality event. Of course, the alternate reality starts by the Soviets landing on the moon before America does, and then it continues on, and there are certain ramifications, minor ramifications it has. Ted Kennedy gets elected president after Nixon because Chappaquiddick never happens. Ted Kennedy's only a one-term president because he gets caught fooling around with Mary Jo Kopechny in Florida, and Ronald Reagan gets elected in 1976. John Lennon narrowly escapes being assassinated. He's not harmed or anything, so he's still alive. But Pope John Paul the second is killed by the assassination attempt on his life. But they don't focus on those things. Those are like little asides that you see going on in the background or that they occasionally pause for a news story on or something like that. The real focus is on the NASA engineers and astronauts and the space program. And it's really kind of... It's very engaging, but it's produced by Ronald D. Moore, who is responsible for the better part of Deep Space Nine and all of the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I highly recommend it to anybody with Apple TV. Watch for all mankind. It sounds well like a bunch of boomer communist gobbledygook to me. <laughs> 
Oh no, John Lennon didn't get shot. Whoop de do. You know, we hear about them man getting shot every on the anniversary of every year he got shot. Well, yeah, but we hear about everybody getting shot. On no, the no, like we have to put up with John Lennon getting shot. It's the most pathetic thing. Let the I'm man not, be dead. I'm not a John Lennon fan. I mean, the thing that sums John well, Lennon. He was a wife beater, so. <laughs> I'm going to stop right here and and ask Albert, do we have any actual evidence of that, or are we just shooting the shit? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd be just one. Okay. The opinions of Albert Marsh are not necessarily the opinions of Kingdom Cast, and I can speak for Sandra and I personally. Neither one of us have any evidence of John Lennon ever doing that. <laughs> Hi there. Me again. Turns out Albert was right. John Lennon beat not only his wife, but other women as well by his own admission. He referred to himself as a quote end quote hitter and physical abuser in a 1980 Playboy article. I don't think Albert knew that for a fact. I think it was just dumb luck. Now back to the show. Well, if we didn't beat him in this timeline, we beat him in some alternate timeline where I don't know. Well, what uh, we do we know. won Vietnam or something. Oh, shit. I don't know. What we do know of John Lennon, and the, and the thing that sums it up most to me was the problem that he had with Paul McCartney. But aside from that, that love-in situation him and Oko, Yono, Oko Ono did, Yoko Ono did, or the <laughs> Yoko Ono did. <laughs> Shut up, Sanders. <laughs> That love-in situation that he and Yoko Ono <laughs> did where they laid in bed in that motel and all and all these pictures. You know, Time Magazine had the picture. Life Magazine had the pictures of them doing their love-in things and so on and so forth. And here, 40 years after, after his death, the pictures got out of him and Yoko, the way they were treating the, I started to say chambermaids, but the, yeah, the chambermaids that would come in and have to make up the bed and change the sheets and all this. And it, it's not a, it's not a good look for them, but it's something that we would have never seen at the time. So I'm not a big, I'm not big on linen. I like Paul McCartney. <laughs> I guess Paul's Okay. He's no George Harrison, but uh, Paul's okay because I, I never hear anything about Paul. <laughs> I never hear anything about Ringo either. So I think Ringo, they used to make Ringo go like do stuff for him. <laughs> like they didn't want Paul McCartney releasing the solo album, so the rest of them sent Ringo over to his house and said, "Hey, you can't release that solo album." So Paul beat him, beat his ass or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ringo, I'm too tired to beat my wife. Could you do it for me? <laughs> Oh my God! They probably made him go get coffee every morning. Again, that's that's just <laughs> John Lennon beat his wife. That's that's a that's a matter of public record. No, no. Look Is it up. Look it up right now. Put, type it. Go to Google. Type in John Lennon wife beater. <laughs> I'm doing this to avoid the damn lawsuit. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the shirts either. I mean, like you know, putting your hands on a woman. I ain't talking about the shirts either. <laughs> John Lennon, wife beater. You don't have to, quote, end quote, imagine John Lennon was abusive. Vice.com. Yesterday marked the 44th anniversary of the release of John Lennon's goody-goody solo album, Imagine. <laughs> this is Vice.com. <laughs> Sounds like I wrote this article. <laughs> Let's see if the words f***ing commie are in here anywhere. <laughs> 
You're going to have to beat that out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dorothy Jarlett, in a recently discovered letter written 50 years ago, the years following the birth of their son, Julian, saw Lennon has an absent father who would criticize and even smack the sensitive Julian for things like having bad table manners. Actually, Jartlett said Julian's table manners were, if anything, better than average. Throughout the marriage, Lennon slept with other women, oh, shock of shocks, and would leave drugs lying around the house. Things came, <laughs> things came to a head when he drunkenly told Cynthia about his affair with the Japanese artist Yoko Ono. Soon after Ono revealed she was pregnant, Lennon's divorce was finalized at the end of night. Well, he slapped his kid, so I'm going to assume that the article on Vice backs up the things that Albert said. And if it doesn't back up the things that Albert said, then it was all satire. <laughs> Remember, I was right about Sammy Davis Jr. being a Satanist. Yeah. I, I was just, right about WandaVision, about Quicksilver was just some dude. I wish you'd just review these things during prep and not just toss them out there during the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know I was talking about John Lennon. I know. What the heck? In the middle of talking about Godzilla and King Kong. <laughs> I just let people know it was a wife beater. All I was trying to do was recommend a damn TV show to people. <laughs> And well, I told you, it sounded like a bunch of boomer communist gobbledygook. Well, it, while we're re recommending, while we're recommending TV shows, I just want to point out that the newest show on A and E is literally titled "The Gangs of London." Dan and I have recorded it, and I'm going to watch it. Thinker. Okay, that sounds like a, like a garbage tier version of Gangs of New York. A and E. A and E. Don't they share don't they show The Walking Dead? No, no. I'm sorry. I got it confused. AMC. They do show The Walking Dead. AMC. AMC. Yes. Okay. You do realize that just because there's a TV show about zombies, there are no actual zombies, right? <laughs> <sighs> you can you can be highly entertained by something called Gangs of London, and I was highly entertained by Breaking Bad. None of that happened. <laughs> Stan, Stan, Stan. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. <laughs> One would hope. Yeah. You got any more celebrities you want to name drop so I can accuse them for something? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to come up with something by Thursday night. <laughs> I bet I'll be right about that, too. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd like to thank IVIwatches.com. Type in code KINGDOM. Get 25. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we're talking about John Lennon being a wife beater, and now we're going to thank the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like this content, it was brought to you by IVIwatches.com. <laughs> after, after you let them know how you feel about their sponsoring us, buy a watch, type in code KINGDOM, get 25% off. <laughs> I bet those watches are made in London. <laughs> <laughs> by the bastard children of John Lennon. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks to IVIwatches.com. Typing code KINGDOM, get 25% off. We'd also like to thank our content contributors, uh, especially Alex Fitzpatrick, who came up with the Sandra Holy Mackerel Swindle <laughs> opening. <laughs> 
but thank you to all of them. Y'all have been great. Uh, and uh, thank you to Joseph also, who pointed out that Donny Cates was telling everybody to read Venom before you read the final issue of King in Black this week. But thank you most to our listeners. We greatly appreciate you all putting up with us and, you know, not reporting us to any real authorities when Albert randomly accuses celebrities <laughs> of things. <laughs> Everyone I accused of something's been dead for a good long once, while. Once again, <laughs> if it's not true, we intended it as satire. <laughs> but anything I say, you can 100% Google it and it's all true. <laughs> So thank you all to our listeners. We greatly appreciate the numbers. We greatly appreciate you hanging in there, listening to us. You are sharing us, and we ask, we're going to be whores about this. We're asking you to share us even more. Get us out there. Get the word out to your friends. Love comics. Hate comics. Love to hate comics. Yeah, this is the show for them. We think. Thank you all so very much. We greatly appreciate you. Uh, with this week's comic book review and more news and 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 even more titillating discussion on stuff that Albert makes up off the cuff. <laughs> so thank you all once again. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, any questions, any little interesting tidbits you'd like to share with us, Kingdom Casts, that's Kingdom, C-A-S-T-S, at gmail.com, Kingdom Comics at gmail.com, Kingdom Casts and Kingdom Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So let us hear from you, any and all ways possible. Sandra, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Just looking forward to next week and the last issue of King and Black Namer. There we go. Albert, do you have any final thoughts? I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's for the best. And I have nothing to add to anything either. So we'll just see you later this week. Be kind to others. uh, Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And we'll be back with you soon. Tell them good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thank you to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Cornelius Burroughs, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Hatcher, Charles Hickey, Ali Marceau, Joseph Koloski, Katrina Olstead, and Angela Pickett. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2021. All rights reserved. when they held that festival thing that we were a part of and have been yeah. a part of. Okay, you remember not last year, but the year before that the guy brought the possessed dolls. Oh, God. <laughs> the dolls that were supposed to be demon-possessed, mm-hmm. and he left them out on the table. And I had come up to him, and I said, so what do they do? And he said, well, they move very slowly and blah, 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 and then strange things happen and yada, yada, yada. I was like, ah, okay, cool. And so I walked off because I'm not going to do my usual shtick with him standing there. I don't want to insult the guy to his face. <laughs> so the guy, was, the guy and his wife was on a panel, but they left the dolls out. And so I take a good 15 minutes and I am standing in front of the dolls taunting them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Jeff Kitchens, Jeff Kitchens is standing there laughing his ass off. Well, okay. After that, Josh and I were talking. He said something else, and I said, "Oh, are we going to have the are we going to have the guy with the possessed dolls back?" And he said, "No, uh, nobody nobody wants to invite them back because since he brought them in, some people have said there's strange things that have been happening." And I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "I stood in front of the dolls and said everything I could to provoke them for like 15 minutes." <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Librarians are a cowardly, superstitious lot. 